Hello my friends, it's Greg Allen from the Electrician Success Academy and welcome to the Electrician Success Podcast. Yes, we are back and you may be wondering, where have you been? I really love your podcast. Well, the answer is we've been working exceptionally hard this year to put together the Academy Mastermind to help electrical business owners really succeed within the electrical industry. We teach how to start, scale and automate your electrical business no matter what stage of business you're at. We've got electrical businesses of all sizes and all ages we help you go to that next level in business and the whole academy masterminds laid out in the order that you can get amazing success from goal setting visualization to marketing a website social media uh, getting work you know being more profitable on the jobs how to estimate how to invoice how to manage staff, how to make sure you get high performance people working within your business, how to know your numbers and how to uh, manage mental health and how to be healthier while you're running an electrical business. All of it's in there, like everything that you need to know that, that will help you build a successful electrical business, we have the information in there. We are getting such exceptional results this year and I'm so pumped for our members. One that really stands out, when we dived into their figures, they were averaging $7,500 a month. They found it really hard to turn over more than that. They weren't getting enough work. They didn't know how to get new customers and high quality customers at that, um, how to make lots of money on each job. They just didn't know how to put all of the cogs together to make an efficient system. So after three months at the Academy Mastermind, they were turning over $28,000 a month that is such good results and just one of many of our academy stories and would love to have you in there to experience it yourself. There is a free trial and uh, if you've been listening to this podcast, you get 10% off. So go over in the show notes, we got a link. Click on that link, go over and check out uh, the Academy Mastermind, reach out to us and mention that you've got a, you've been listening to the podcast and you get 10% off the total uh, tuition. So thanks so much, guys. We've got an amazing guest today, John Horan from Horan and Bird. He's got over 150 staff, including subcontractors that work for him. He's the new president of Master Electricians Australia, and he has just delivered so much good information. Let's get into this podcast. Welcome to the Electrician Success Podcast. I'm Greg Allen, and this is your daily performance Hey guys, really excited to welcome uh, John Horan from Horan and Bird onto the podcast. Thanks so much for joining us, John. No worries. Thanks, Greg. Great to be on. Yeah. How's things been with you? Oh, it's been full on. It's been a, a very big year, like I suppose a lot of a lot of the sparkies out there. And you know, very looking forward to um, having a break. To be honest. Yeah. Can't yeah, wait for sure. So yeah. tell us about this year. What's been happening? It was um, it was a pretty exciting year for us. We completely expanded nationally in Australia. So we opened up new branches in, in Victoria and New South Wales and ACT. So it um, gave us a good national presence. But honestly, mate, it's been a bit, it was a bit rough. Our head office is in North Queensland in Townsville and we got hit pretty hard by those floods and we completely lost our head office during those floods, which was pretty wow. tough. Wow. When yeah. was the floods? What month? That was in February. Yeah, the first week February. of February. Yeah. Wow, what a start to the year. Yeah, it's a 500-year flood, yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> what, what did you expect like um, for the year before that happened? Like, I'd love to like deconstruct this and it's like we planned this was going to happen but then flood hit and then all of a sudden we had to change direction. Yeah, we're pretty resilient. Like We're used to cyclones and things like that and, and now that we're national, there's always somewhere um, that gets affected, and, you know, whether it's a bushfire or flood but it was the first time our head office has been hit like usually you might get hit with a with a regional office or something like that, but when your whole head office, which is your brains to everything, uh, we lost all our computers, we lost a lot of stock, um, we had to completely rip out all the carpet and restart from scratch, and it was pretty impressive. You know, within sort of a month, we we're back up and running um, back in the in the main office, but we all had to open up little satellites offices everywhere, get the staff in little offices and share and work from home. Um, yeah, it was wow. fun. Yeah. So did you have all of your data backed up to the cloud? 
Yeah, that, that's the beauty. Everything is on the cloud. Absolutely everything. So uh, it was enabled. We keep on selling, mate. Yeah. We keep on selling. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so what sort of things got damaged? Like how did you go about uh, dealing with that problem? So the flood hit. You, were you at the office? What happened? Like, yeah. Were you at home? Like what happened? Oh, look, we were at home and uh, once the, the dam, they had to let the dam go, all the water. So there was obviously no one. The whole of, the whole of North Queensland was down. So um, everyone was at home safe, thank goodness. We had about 10 staff lose their homes, though. That was the worst wow. part, yeah. So yep. we all got in and helped them clean up and get them back on track. Yeah. So when you got to the office after the flood, like, what, is, what was the damage? Like, what did you, what was going through your mind? You don't know what you're going to expect, to be honest, but it's just everything that, that was there the day before was all now just washed out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's pretty, and the smell was unbelievable. The, yep. the, the smell of the river is just horrible. So Yeah. Okay. What I want to know is mm. as a business owner, obviously you're constantly thrown tragedies like this or mm. just your plan is you know, in your head, you, you're going, this is what it's going to look like. You know, I just do it for five years and everything's going to be sweet and then I'll retire. But, <laughs> but then um, things like this happen all the time. So yeah. Yeah. what do you do in these sorts of situations? Like this is such a monumentous disaster that's happened to your town and your office. So what do you do and what goes through your head initially? How do you deal with it? How do you um, battle with the fear that comes along with, oh my God, like how are we going to make money when we had all those jobs booked in? Like what happens at that point? Yeah, look, the first first thing is making sure everybody's safe. Um, But we have a lot of procedures and, you know, in place for things like this. But this one hit us hard. Like a one in five hundred year event doesn't usually happen. Um, well, sometimes it happens every year, but <laughs> yeah, but not for but not for us. But you have all those procedures in place. But you know what? You just get you pull your team together and say, "Hey, reevaluate. What did we do well? What did we do poorly here?" Um, and we, we all just get together. You know, we we work hard and we get the thing going. It's just a good Australian, or you know, say a good Australian spirit, mate. You just get it going. Yeah. You've got to deal with it. There's no use complaining about it. you just got to get on, get done. Yeah, but it, cool. this, is no, this is no different. Like a flood going through your business and things like that is no different to the stock market crashing, you know, or GFC or, you know, that sort of economic hit is just as bad as a flood going through your warehouse, mate. You've yeah. got to have everything in place to be able to push through the hard times because they come every seven years. Don't, don't get me wrong. Yeah, it's not, it's sure. not always good out there. Yeah, Michael's uh, market cycles for sure. Yeah. So you say you got the procedures in place. What are some examples of the procedures that really helped you through this particular event? So obviously the the number ones are always having everything in the cloud, so you can work from home or work from overseas or work everywhere. Um, so we we did find a few things that we didn't that it wasn't on the cloud, um, but they weren't big things. But mostly all of it is, but. It's, it's the planning that we've done, you know, 12 months ago, two years ago, to say, hey, what happens if the whole place burnt to the ground? What would you do? Yeah. You know, so they're the things, like, if you're not on cloud now, I mean CRM, I mean operating procedures, everything, SharePoint, Google Drives, everything, you know? Yeah. No, for sure. And so it's having that worst case, possible case scenario. Yeah. And the, the steps you would take to come out of something like that. Yeah. So we've got a whole yep. procedure manual in place to go disaster management procedure manual. This is what you do. So if I wasn't here, someone can just pick it up and this is what you do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Have you got something similar for like if, you know, five staff members leave at once or, yeah, you know, something similar to that? I can tell you, I can tell you my theory on staff. Um, I'd love to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, Warren Buffett, right? He, I got it off Warren Buffett. He read in his books. He calls it pigs in a trough, and I've been using it for a very long time. Um, have you ever noticed when you pigs in a trough and they're eating food, you only get five big pigs. They're all shouldered in like that, and the, there's no room for anybody else, but there's always these little pigs trying to get into the trough. And he's saying, you know, while my five big pigs, and they could be your managers or your five best tradies or whatever, while they're in there doing their thing and, and they're strong enough to hold everybody out, I'm happy with it. But I tell you what, he deliberately employs all these little pigs to keep them on the toes 
to make sure they get into the trough, to try and continuously get into the trough. Eventually, yeah. the little fella gets in. So I'm breeding little pigs all the time to keep my guys on their toes. But when one, <laughs> but when one, one comes out, the little one slips straight in. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to start calling all my stuff pigs from now on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. Good analogy though, eh? It's pretty, yeah. it's pretty like accurate with that. And as long as mm. you've got that, that uh, succession in terms of staff, I think that's really important. Mm. So cool. So that now that that's happened, that was back in February. How are you going now with um, the recovery and all that sort of stuff? Well, so December. Yeah, we're flying through like just North Queensland region. The economy's a year away. Uh, we lost four thousand houses just in Townsville alone. So the economy's a year away, really, before it gets back to normal. Um, so we've had to adapt those. You know the sales everything we do here in North Queensland we've we pushed harder into Brisbane and Melbourne and New South Wales is that one of the reasons you expanded nationally we, we were always gonna we we're always expanding nationally um, but yeah it really kick-started it it's a catalyst to, to it we moved staff out of Townsville and, and flew them into Adelaide for example for months you know yeah yeah so I love actually I love this like from bad situations like for instance your flood or it might be a staff member leaving or all this sort of stuff but as a result of these major devastating things happening sometimes it breeds a really positive result would this be a case where you've gone and expanded nationally sooner than you thought you would and it's ended up being a, a positive thing for you yeah yep. yeah we're, st we're still going to do something like 22 megawatt of solar um this year which wow. is you know Thousands of houses. Yeah, it's a lot of lot of watts. Um, yep. Cool. Oh, good on you. That's that's an awesome accomplishment uh, for yeah. your electrical business. That's good. Um, so tell us a little bit about uh, this year in September, was it? You got elected to uh, taken over Tony Arnold. You've become the president of Master Electricians Australia. Yep. So tell us a little bit about how... Um, you've got to that position and now that you are in that position th some of the things that you might be looking to do and and for people who don't know master electricians let's talk about what uh that association is and what it stands for and and how it yep. benefits people yep the first thing is that when you start your apprenticeship when you're 17 so that's about 30 years ago for me you never dreamed that one day you'd be the president of Master Electricians of Australia. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> you absolutely don't dream that's ever going to happen. Um, and, you know, I, I was on the board about eight years ago, I think I started, and I've had two wonderful presidents, Richard Flanagan and, and then Tony Arnold. Um, but just watching those guys for the last eight years too, sometimes you still pinch yourself. Hey, can I ever do that? You know, am I as good mm. as these blokes? And um, now, I'm, now I'm it. It's... it's uh, I've always, you know me, mate, I love a challenge, but really excited because yeah. I'm, I'm so passionate about um, what, what Master Electricians is all about because yeah. it's about doing stuff for free. Like, you don't get paid to do these things. It's about helping um, younger Sparkies and even older Sparkies when they're doing it tough um, with all the stuff, you know, um, HR, IR, um, new safety rules. You know, when the government comes out and does a, brings out a policy that's going to lose a lot of work for us or will make wages more expensive. You know, we're fighting those policies nationally yep. for all the electricians around there. Um, it's when someone gets tough, you know, a, a bad accident, a really bad safety accident, whether it's electrical safety or just a fall, or we've got the whole team in place there to, um, to take it straight over for you and, and guide you through all those steps. Because let's be honest, it gets really, really scary out there. If you, and you feel very, very lonely when you don't have no one to go to. Um, yeah. But the most most important part about being an MEA is um, is the mates you have in the industry, you know, uh, like me and you, Greg. We, we wouldn't have met if it wasn't for the master electricians. Um, so, yeah. and it's the mentoring and the help. We have a really good program now. When um, we started at the conferences, where we it's just it's like a toolbox talk, but we get you know 50, 60 sparkies, and they just get in there and and become vulnerable, become really vulnerable, and say, "Hey, I'm doing a tough here." Uh, or I'm, I'm looking to expand and we just, everyone just helps each other for free. You know, mm. that's what I love about MEA. Um, but we've got a few new things. Um, we, we're changing 
changing it a little bit uh, that starts in the new year. We're creating a master's program. So we want to be able to, uh, we're breaking the membership up into bronze, silver and gold membership. And so at the moment, everybody's like just master electrician and you can't really differentiate between that um, in the membership. Yep. So the, the bronze, silver, gold is a really good piece. Um, we're rewarding Sparkies that have been in business for you know, 10, 15, 20 years. They're automatically going into gold. And it's really awesome to see these, the older established businesses um, get that recognition out there. Mm. I've also created a program for the younger, um, younger Sparkies out there. It's a three-year program that gets them to gold. And it's, it's um, business coaching, mentoring, um, and, and just buddies out there. It's, it's a three-year system. You get a free ticket to the conference. But it's about, I want to get 1,000 gold members out there. At the moment, we're at 450, I think. Yep. It, used to, it used to be 1,000 accredited master electricians, um, you know, about three or four years ago. So I want to get that back. Yeah. And, and our customers out there need to understand that um, when they're getting a master electrician, they're getting a niche. We don't, want to be, we don't want to be the brand for everybody. We want that good niche brand where good quality electricians. So our customers know these guys are the best, you know. Well, the, the name in itself says so much, like master yeah. says so much in what it is. So I think it's great that we're really pushing that, that training and that, um, that excellence within the industry. And I think that's a really good thing. Oh, that's really cool. Innovation um, too, mate. Sorry, mate. It's just really taking innovation to the next level, getting our safety system perfect, giving our guys the right tools to make them profitable and, and you know, how to even how to get customers cheaper and better. So. Yeah, I've yeah, got a personal story around the support I got when uh, my business got audited. So we had a, an address in the city. They couldn't, um, one of the inspectors came out and they couldn't find our office. So they ended up putting us through this audit. And anyway, I was like, oh shit, I'm getting audited by energy safety. <laughs> so I started to freak yeah. out a little bit. So I called uh, Master Electricians. I said, this is what's happening. They, they set me up and I said, all right, this is what's going to happen. This is the procedure. This is what you need to have in place. Um, I already had a lot of the stuff in place because I was as part of the safety program. Um, that's all in the cloud. All of the documentation I needed was there. I got everything signed. We do our safety meetings. All of that stuff was there. So when this person came out and ordered us, they were like blown away. They were just like, cannot believe how much you've got right here with your business. And a lot yeah. of that had to do with master electricians and their, their systems. So, um, yeah, it was really, really, really awesome to go through that experience. And I actually feared that for eight years in my business. I was like, if I ever get ordered, I'm, I don't know. I don't know because that's what it's like as an electrician. You're sort of not sure. No one's there to go, no, man, you're doing it perfect. You know, you're, yeah. you're doing it absolutely right. Um, there's, so you've got this stuff in the back of your head. It's like, am I? Like, am I submitting enough you know, documentation, am I getting the proper things signed? Like we're trying to do it all, but not really sure if it's still enough. I tell um, you that, so yeah, really I'm sorry, mate, I, I was going to say that the worst time to know that if you're doing it right is when someone gets injured. I'm telling you the, the, the ton of bricks that comes down real quick is when someone seriously gets injured or, or a member of the public gets a electric shock. Um, if you haven't got those systems in place, oh my God, you have no idea what's coming for you. Yep. And the new industrial manslaughter rules around yeah. managers, it's not just directors anymore. If you're a team leader out there, you're coming. They're coming for you as well. Yeah. So you've got to make sure. There's no excuse anymore. Mm -hmm. You've got to have it perfect. Yeah, no, for sure. So um, have you got any examples around that? Not for yourself, if, it's, if there isn't any, but other people that yeah. you've seen, um, you don't have to use names, just to give people an idea of what can happen. Um, just the, the, what we find with Sparkies is the, the biggest problem what everyone sort of misses is they audit all their electricians, right? So they do their, they, um, you know, they might have to do their training, but they don't prove them once they are electrician. So if someone can go out there and do the capstone exam, they get their tradie license. But what people aren't doing is testing them, um, every, and writing and signing them off every single year to make sure that they're, you know, they're qualified to do it every single year. So yeah. that's what the electrical safety office out there is checking. So if someone gets injured, they want to know when was the last time this guy, you, you tested this guy that he can test properly. 
Where's, mm. where's your results? So make sure you build yourself a little testing um, thing at your workshop or you can, I'm pretty sure there must be courses out there that you can do, but make sure all your sparkies, all your apprentices are signed off every year on, on testing. Yeah, refresh your course and have that uh, logged into the cloud to yep. make sure you don't lose it as well. Yeah, that's the number one. The Good advice. One thing. Yeah. Yeah. So and testing is the main thing. Yeah, and, and making sure they are competent, absolutely competent um, in, mm -hmm. in their testing. And the other one, look, look, a lot of a lot of guys are doing solar these days. Um, just make sure people wearing safety harnesses have the correct safety in place because. My goodness, one fall is unforgiving. Mm. Incredibly unforgiving. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It can do some serious damage from a fall, for mm. sure. So while on the topic of solar, what what do you think from your experience and the amount of solar that you're doing? Where do you think the solar industry is going? Like, how would you explain that at the moment? It's still look. I'd, I'd say if you looked at the solar industry, I'd say there's probably. Um, Oh, look, there's 2 million people with solar now. I think it's a bit more than 2 million people with solar. So if you look at how many houses there are in Australia, there's probably around six, six or seven million houses in Australia that probably can get solar. So there's still a, there's probably still a fair way to go. Um, yeah. The, it's, it's the way you deliver solar. It's got to be different. Like, I think the technology in solar panels are probably as good as it gets. It, you know, it, we've got 350 or 380 watt panels these days, but... It's hard. I think they've almost reached it, but you never know. I'd love to see it get more, but mm. um, it, it's not just solar though. Where the smarts now is how you integrate your solar with your house. How do you make it smart? Um, how do you get your batteries? How do you integrate your solar with your car when you're charging an electric car? Um, that's the smarts. That's where it apps, you know? That's where it goes next level. Yeah, okay. That's where so you'll be all over it. What are some of the apps that you use to integrate those systems? A lot, of, a lot of the inverters have their own apps, um, yep. but also like Tesla, for example, they have one of the best apps you can find. Um, it shows you how much electricity is coming into your house, uh, how much solar you're using, when your battery's kicking in, uh, what time your loads are kicking in in your home as well. So them ones, but there's also off the shelf stuff that's coming out now. Smart meters are great. In, like a lot of the smart meters around um, the states are great. It's amazing what data you can get off that and what can talk to that. So, yeah. So is the Tesla still like way expensive or has it come down in price over um, the last couple of years? It's come down a little bit in price. It's still fairly expensive. Yeah. yeah you're, you're still looking at oh, probably $11,000 to install a Tesla. $10,000, yeah. yeah. But there's, how do you differentiate the value to your customer? Um, the people that are getting Teslas today aren't really that worried about ROI. Look, these Teslas have got 10-year warranties on them. Um, the payback when you're installing one today is probably eight years, seven to eight years payback. We just know from experience that unless it's a five-year payback in something, people aren't really excited about getting it. Yeah. Um, but the people today are getting it um, have worried about losing power. They're worried about storms. They're worried... But it's want to be green as well. Mm. It's the other big one. Um, people with a brand new home are getting Teslas. They're yeah. putting it all into the build and they're, and they're getting it done. Virtual yeah. power plants is the big one. Um, that's where all the smarts are coming, where you can just log in and control a big bunch of Teslas uh, in one hit through software. So then you can, like during an event, you can export all that power to the grid. That's great for networks yeah. and things like that. Yeah, right. That's pretty that's cool. That's where the smarts are coming. When have you, so um, I can't remember the name of it, but there's that uh, mesh system. Uh, a couple of years ago, I think Master Electrician's Conference, they were talking about this is the future where neighbours can pull off each other's power and, you, and you're feeding across the different networks of the people that have solar and batteries. Um, is, how far along is that technology and is that something we can be looking forward to happening in the, soon? Do you know about yeah, that's that is getting close. That was that's got a lot to do with the blockchain as well. I think you need blockchain um, technology to take it to the next level to be able to go peer to peer um, selling of electricity. Plus, there's some there's some little things around there where you have to be still an energy retailer to be able to sell solar to your next door neighbour. So there's a bit of that, but um, energy retailers are doing it, which are, which are, which is great as well. 
So they're the ones that are doing it first. So you can, you can um, sign up your battery to an energy retailer and they will trade it for you and give you discounts as well to do that. We could create an Airbnb, but for like people sign up to be an energy retailer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Something oh, like that. Is it, it's definitely the future. Yeah. I think, I think, I think it's the new California. It's yeah. The, the person who can control the most batteries at the one, at the one time. At the one time. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So, um, apart from on the work side of things, like what other things have you been working on, uh, personally, um, in trying to get on top of, uh, yep. was some things that for you, you find are pretty crucial for your success and for you to be operating well at work on a day to day yep. basis. I, uh, I still love to, to be fit. I love to train. I do ocean outrigging as you know, mate. Um, yeah, got it. I uh, always every set every year I set myself a bigger race to compete in. Um, my team's racing in in New Zealand in in February called the Takapuna Cup. Um, we've got a team from Queensland here taking on the best of the New Zealanders and Cook Islanders and Tahitians. Yeah, so, right. Uh, cool. We're training the house down um, twice yeah. a day, morning and night. Wow. Getting getting ready for that. Yeah, so that's in Feb. But um, but the year after I want to do Hawaii. So do the big Molokai race. It goes from 70-something kilometres in the water. Wow. So, yeah. How long so, is that, something like that going to take to paddle? Um, that's about seven or eight hours, yeah. You got about 10 kilometres yeah. an hour, yep. Yeah, non-stop. Yep. And that's how many people on the boat? That's a one person. You're oh, a one person, just solo. <laughs> oh, wow. That's a single, single canoe, yeah. That's a, yeah. yeah, that's an ultra uh, paddle for sure. It's, it's the absolute ultra. It's the biggest one that you can get. It's like the, it's like the climbing of Mount Everest for a paddle. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Awesome. So that's what keeps Congrats. me going. Yeah. And you're thinking about doing that next year, did you say? Uh, 2021. 21, so two years preparation. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's how long it's awesome. going to take me to get, to get there. Yeah. So. Awesome. But mate, that's what I love doing. I, lo- I love doing that. And obviously the family, you know. Yeah. My daughters are getting old now. They're all, all at university. Don't tell them that though. Getting no. old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, Still cool. love the travel, getting around, seeing around, seeing the world. Um, How, on yeah. that though, so since you've seen your kids grow up, um, my kids being two, uh, nearly three and five at the moment, I know a lot of parents out there starting businesses at the moment. Um, I couldn't imagine starting a business with kid like babies. Um, mm. I would actually built my business to a point where I didn't have to worry about uh, the day-to-day grind by the time I had kids. So to have kids and go through that would be pretty full on, I would imagine. But yeah. from your experience, from, you know, how does that transition look for someone that's an electrical business owner from having babies and running a business all the way through to as your kids get older, they're more independent, you've got more time. Mm. How would you, like, would you be able to give some hope to the people that have babies at the moment? Or is it yeah. still pretty difficult all the way through? You let us know what you think on that. Oh, mate, when they become teenagers, it becomes a lot easier. I can tell you that. Yeah. Um, you know, when, if you're still in the if you're still in it when you you just had a brand new baby as well, a lot, a lot of uh, Sparkies have their wives in the business early as well, and it's hard to be able to transition. They need to be with the kids, taking them to school. Um, who's taking those phone calls? You know, if if your wife is the office manager and taking and receptionist and everything else. Um, is really really hard, and yourself, you're working six hours, you know, sorry, twelve hours a day, into the night, and Saturdays and Sundays. Um, you've got to be so good with your time management, unbelievably good. You've got to start looking at your customers, as well, Greg. Have a look, start looking at your customers. Which ones really annoy the shit out of you? To be honest, do you really need them? Do you really need them at all? Those, those, those people, the people that want to ring you every single becking call. Um, yeah. So I filtered those out pretty quick. Yeah. And I realized you don't make much money out of those blokes anyway. Um, mm. But I, I, had to, I had to put some people on. I, my wife had to just go part-time. I had to build an office, had to build you know, some office managers and, and some operations managers. And I had to get bigger. I had to take it to the next level. Not, not huge, not a huge amount, but that got my time back. Because you, yep. you ultimately want to get back to you know, 40 hours a week, right? Yeah. And it does happen. You do get there. You've got to get smart. Understand your profits, where they're all coming from. Understand yeah. which customers are making the most money. 
get that, yeah. understand that, and yes, it gets easier. Some very good points there. The 80-20 rule, I think you were referring to, like if mm. you cut out 20% of your customers cause 80% of your problems. Yeah. So if you can delete that 20%, you're only left with 20% of the problems and that's spread out and it yep. frees up all of that time to get some better quality customers and helps you grow to that next level like you're talking about. So um, we've got some questions from our Academy members. Yep. And um, I'd love to run through them and just see what your points are uh, around them. So I've ranked these. So this is these are ranked. So I'm gonna I'm gonna read them from top to bottom. We're gonna uh, hear what our, our members are thinking, and um, and then we can you know feed this back to our guys. So um, first question, top top voted question was how do you manage 150 staff members? Um. Yeah, well, a lot of them are subcontractors as well. But um, how do I manage that? I have I have a team of um, four managers underneath me. So I have a an operations manager who runs the tradies. I have, and he underneath him, he has a team. Okay, he he has a team of three supervisors underneath him. So he runs the tradies. I have two sales managers. I have a sales manager that runs all my residential sales. I have a sales manager that runs all my commercial and bigger sales. Them, both underneath them, they have um, about 20, 20 odd staff each underneath that. I also have a um, office manager who runs all the admin, call center. Um, she runs finance, I have them. So I don't have, I deal with those five people every single day. Um, and they feedback me all the information every single day, so I can I can feel that I've got control of the business all the way through. And I do a lot of yeah. travel too. Uh, you know, there's no use just being a manager, you know, running that without seeing the people doing the work as well. So I, I get in the plane, I'm flying a bit, I'm getting out to Melbourne and Adelaide, and I'm getting out to see the guys in the field all the time. Yeah. yeah. Now I'm finding that important now. So since moving to Byron having to fly back to Perth every eight weeks or every month just to catch up with everyone and keep that connection there. Yeah. It's really good. Procedures, um, mate. It was, sorry, but, but having procedures in place that everybody knows what to do all the time, mm. um, you know, and I'm tracking results all the time, fingers on the pulse, nothing slips. For sure, yeah. Now, it's great that you're, you're talking about the levels of management and you only really talk in depth about any problems from those key members yep. right yeah and that's where you your time is quite free um it's because of that reason yeah so um when it comes to those different roles if yep. you don't mind diving into a little this is uh, a little bit more detail um especially around the sales people so the sales people residential sales what does that look like is that is that selling solar is that just your day-to-day mums and dads sort of stuff as well yeah, residential, that's mums and dads, um, solar and batteries mainly, um, like yeah. small electrical stuff. Yeah. So is that through an outreach of like brochures and then they'll contact you and then they'll go out and they'll sit with them and talk about how much yeah. they can save and the payback and all that sort of stuff? Most of our people go face to face. Yeah. Mums and dads, we go there and talk to them, go through their house, check everything, make a good relationship with them. Um, we also have a call center that books all the appointments. Um, well, I forgot to tell you, I also have a marketing manager. So that's where my passion is. The, when I can get the other stuff right, um, the difference between any business out there is your brand and your niche and how, and how do you communicate that to the country, to the nationwide, you know, try to build a brand nationally is pretty tough. So yeah. what makes you different? Uh, how do you get leads? It's, you know, making sure leads are cheap. How do you do that properly? Um, so I think my time's my best time spent is strategy, is understanding how to be better than everybody else in that space, and how do, how do I become the best solar company in Australia? Yeah. That, that's where my time is spent every single day. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I think I'm the same. Like, I love marketing. I love advertising. I love help, like, figuring out the psychology to what makes people take action on things. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that's really important. But while we're on the topic of marketing, for anyone that's not seen John's get up video, <laughs> head over to the Horror and a Bird Facebook page. Um, so tell us a little bit about that bit of a sidetrack, but let's 
talk about that video that you did. It's what, a get up challenge. What, what's yeah. the challenge? What was the what's to go with that? It's it's just like um, it's bragging rights, really, mate. But we were the first tradies to crack forty five thousand. <laughs> we got forty five thousand views. On the challenge, yeah. Just on, just on, that's just on Facebook. I didn't check all the other channels, but um, yeah. but it's just a bit of fun, honestly. That that's all a bit of fun, and and, and um, but people love that sort of stuff, you know. I th- I, I think so- I think social media right now was is like what TV used to be, you know. In the old days, you'd you'd have Channel Nine, Channel Seven, ABC. You might have three or four TV channels, and then you'd advertise on which we which you thought was the best TV channel. Um, yeah. These days, you t- the TV channels of today are your YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn. They're your, they're your TV channels today. And it's sure. how you integrate with your customers through all those different... There's probably 10 of them, mate. I probably missed five. For, um, but they're the big ones today. And it's how different audiences, which different audiences are on those channels and how do you, yeah, how do you build engagement, build your brand through those channels. Oh, and people want people want to be entertained. In the end of the day, like we talk about it in our mastermind program as well, like how to crack social media, and it is that you've just got to be passionate about your, like your expertise, or or connect with people on things that you're passionate about. Um, for me, it's singing and dancing. I love doing that. So, like, yeah, that's what I like to do. Um, but for other people, it might be cricket, or it might be, you know, soccer, or it might be, you know, whatever it is, and. Um, you know, I think that's people have to understand. People are going to relate to a person, a personality of your business, or personality of your um, your individual self, and that's where you know that's where the social secret lies. I think so. Um, I think are it's you really... remember two thousand? You're too young, mate. But remember two thousand and four was just the other day. Um, but but in in two thousand and four, um, having a website was was a luxury, you know, like, oh, I've got a website in 2004. But, you know, today, if you haven't got a website, like, it's an absolute, it's absolutely mandatory, you, you yeah. know what I mean? And, and you laugh about it. Oh, my God, I can't believe in 2004 I was still thinking about getting a website or I didn't even have one, you know? Yeah. Um, but today, being you, it is absolutely mandatory within two to three years that your business is not on every single one of those channels YouTube, Absolutely. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, and, and in a big way. Yep. So, and and website, harder. Like and web, well, website's old now. You've got to find you. You need it. You need it. And um, the, the, whole, the whole premise, I was just working with a builder the other day on his social and, and exposure on the, on the net. And he was talking about, um, oh, for, forever I've got business through word of mouth. I said, where's your presence like where like i searched your name of your business you don't even show up on the internet like even though it was word of mouth what people do now Mm. is they'll go oh who should i use oh that brand okay they turn around and then they'll get on their phone and they'll write out the name of the company and they'll look at the reviews or they'll look at the website and they'll get a feeling for that business before people would just trust what someone else said and they'll go oh well that person said to call you so i did now they'll go and search it I agree, but Greg, you tell me in um, five years' time, or even less, maybe three years' time, when you just go, "Okay, Google, get me the best electrician in Perth," or, or tell me the best, tell me the best electrician in, in the Gold Coast, or yeah, get, it'll give tell me, you. It'll give tell me you. Quote. Yeah, but but it will. But I'm telling you, no one's going to search anymore. Everybody's going to be all voice activation. So how do you build your brand in a way that Google knows to pick you? Yeah. That is the that is the challenge of putting out Debbie Sparky out there at the moment, mate. Yeah, because that's what, that's not it. coming. That's not mm. that's not that is coming right now. Yep. you got three yeah. years to get there. Yep. No, for sure, hundred percent. And I agree. Like voice voice search is like underrated. My daughter Grace started using voice search when she was two. As soon as the Google Home yeah. came out, I had it, and she started going like, "Hey Google." blah, 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 blah. And she would ask a question and it would do it. Um, so she even reprogrammed it to say her name, which is pretty crazy. But you just um, know they talk to each other too. Like I, I can just say to my Google, hey, Google, book me a haircut next week. Um, go through my calendar, find a gap, book it with their Google because with, the, with their hairdresser as well. And the Google just talk yeah. to each other, mate. There's no human interface. So how do you position yeah. your business? 
between the no human interface. Yeah. So how do you get your brand in the right position that you're the go-to person, you know? Yeah, for sure. No, yeah. definitely something to, for everyone to have a, think, a deep think about. Yeah. Um, cool. Next question. Uh, so what do you personally plan to do as pre- president of Master Electricians Australia? What are you going to bring, like your personality, yep. your experience? What are you going to bring to that position? Yep. So my thing's innovation. I, I love innovation. I always try to be six months ahead of my competitors at any one stage. I feel that's my absolute... Um, well, if you, if you say if you've got your own little superpower, but that's my own little superpower. Yeah. So I want to make sure all our members are six months ahead of all their competitors all the time. Um, I want a thousand gold gold master electricians. I'm not leaving until we've got a thousand gold master electricians. <laughs> um, but there's there's that. The, the women in contracting. I want to take that to the next level. Uh, women in our industry for too long have been put in the back burner. Um, they are the absolute backbone of every backbone of every single one of our businesses out there. I know that uh, the women in our businesses are the ones that make sure our, our insurances are paid, that our IRs in place, our HRs in place, um, all their safety procedures are in place. That they your Zoom's working us. for this meeting. You saw that, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> they are. But they're also wonderful business women coming through. Not just the female sparkies out there. I mean the female leaders out there. Mm. That's what I want to take. Um, so that's my big goal is to absolutely ramp that. We've also got um, a really good charity. Mass Electricians have created called um, MEA Power Up. So it's it's a charity that we're creating to um, power up underprivileged communities around the South Pacific and in Australia as well. Great. Right. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. So we all can sort of work together and donate solar panels or batteries or um, just men. Reward your, reward your guys or girls out there, send them over. Um, we work with some of Australia's best sparkies and we are powering up villages and nunneries and little hospitals and it's really cool. They've never had power before, oh, man. Wow. wow. They've never had power. That would be amazing. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Cool. Yeah. Love to hear more about that That's yeah. at a later date. Maybe we can hook me up with uh, someone that's leading up that project. That'd be really cool to talk about. Yeah, that'd be good. Um, so we've always talked about where the solar's heading. One of the guys uh, asked that question. And next is, what does your goal setting and visualizing of the future look like? How do you go about mm. setting goals for yourself and visualizing where you're going to take things? Yeah, so I, I have myself, I have, um, I usually have three major goals, I, 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 like wherever the business is doing. So whatever I'm going to do with Horn and Bird this year, I have, my, I have my goal set every year and a budget set and um, always like to smash that. Uh, I always have my fitness goals and I always set myself a crazy challenge every year of what sporting event I want to participate in or, or medal, medal in as well. Um, yep. And family goals. So um, I, I love to, every year I like to set what, what my family wants to achieve and where we're going to go together. Um, yep. But I'm also positioning myself, mate. So I, I always want to look like where I think the world's going to be in three to four years. I love investing in, in the future. Um, I am investing in, I have got a few little IPOs, pre-IPO um, businesses that I'm investing in at the moment that I'm really, really excited about. So that's that's the stuff that one keeps you up a little bit at night, but also gets a little bit excited. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, that, I'm that sort of guy that needs something. Not in the electrical industry, so not, not a competitor to anybody. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's the sort of stuff that I love doing. So with back on um, the sport and you said you like to meddle in, so competitive, the competitive aspect of it, do you think that's important for, for you to continue to grow and, and go to that next level? And, and what, what do you feel is in you that makes you want to do that? Well, back to being a business, in a business, right? If you want to be a participant in this business, you know, um, you don't win much. You don't win many customers you got to play this game to dominate, to decimate, to be honest. Yeah, you can be friends with everybody out there, which is great. But when you're in business, whatever you're doing, you need to be the best. So um, there is no, there's no second place in business, mate. So yeah. I take that into the sporting world. Um, I train to win. There's no doubt about that. I do the yeah. absolutely best I can to win. There's no use doing this to come second yeah. or, or just to go around. You, um, well, if you come second, you don't get the job. You don't get the job, do you? You don't get the job. You just don't don't grow. You go broke. You have to um, be the best, for sure. You have to be the best, yeah. And it's just, what are the little things? What are the things I'm doing differently? Uh, I look at what everybody else is training. I look at 
what what's the extra things that I can do in training? You know, I've taken on a PT for twelve months as well. I'm, I'm doing yep. on top of all the other training. I'm doing that four days a week to get stronger because I know that I need to be stronger to to do Molokai to do that seventy yep. k race. So it's all the little things that no one else is doing in the background. Yeah, yeah. The duck, the... the duck. You know, looks like it's going slow, but underneath the water's going like this. It's kicking its legs. Yeah, yeah. Everyone sees you just like calm and relaxed and you're just like, boom, no one knows you secretly pumping it out in the background. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. So what about nutrition-wise? Like what are you doing to keep the energy up, recover fast, all that sort of stuff? And, and yeah, would that be beneficial in business as well? To be honest, mate, um, when you're feeling fit, you're mentally fit and your business is fit. I've known that as soon as, you know, you go on a week bender, you'd have bad you feel the week after getting back to work. You've got no energy. Yeah. It's horrible. Even coming yeah. back from holidays, sometimes your head's fresh. But if you've been drinking and eating the wrong food, it takes you weeks to get over that. Yeah. Um, I find if I'm getting up in rhythm, I'm getting up at 4.30, smashing the gym or, or going 15-kilometer paddle out in the ocean, I'm feeling like a rock star getting to work at 8 o'clock. Yeah. Absolute rock star. And, yeah. um, and then... Your whole staff feed off it, mate. If you've got that energy, your, your staff feed off it, and, and it's pretty cool. But nutrition, yeah. yeah. Look, I um, I do. I don't do pre-workout, but I've got this um, awesome coffee. It's called Before You Speak Coffee. I take that as a. It's awesome. It's a, I love the name, by the way. You know that coffee. What is it? It's 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 just an instant coffee, but it's a, it's like a um, it's a, it's a pre-workout coffee. So you just yeah. It's just have a coffee. No, none of, no Red Bulls or nothing like that. It's just bang. Yeah. You get into the gym, you're, you're lifting some pretty big weights, so I can tell you. It's good stuff. Yeah, right. Um, cool. But I, I'm not into the pre-workouts. I'm into that. Um, yeah. And, and then just the BCAs. Hey, like during, while, while you're training and after, just taking those BCAs to make sure yeah. your muscles aren't so sore, you know, so you can get up and go again. Yeah. yeah. And eat, eat well. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Eat well, drink less, don't smoke. I think I think a lot of people. Yeah, how hard is it? Hey, I think a lot of people underestimate what you just said. Like, just and they'll put that stuff on the back burner when you you'll depreciate in energy levels. If you're not using your energy and pushing your energy limit, you're going to get less and less energy because you're not you're not needing it. So your body will create less energy. So you have to get out and push your body to get more energy so you have more energy and then that will make you a better business person and other people when you've got lots of energy you'll be have heaps a, a plenty to give to everyone else that's around mm. you as well yeah yeah i live by that that's totally right man that's yeah. awesome cool um so what morning routines do you do before starting work in the day so i think yeah. we just had a little bit of that is there anything yeah. else that you would add to it other um, little things that you do little hacks um Every morning, it's funny. Every morning, I, I get up on my phone and, and I check all the ads that are, all, all my leads that have come in for the morning. So yeah. yeah, I'm up at four thirty. I quickly smash down the coffee, but I'm on my phone checking because I'm watching every single ad. You know, I've usually got twenty to thirty ads running in through all different type of channels at any one stage. So yeah, I'm just checking which leads come in overnight. I don't. It's exciting. It is exciting. <laughs> it's, it's like fishing. Yeah. You know, you, you put your fishing lines overnight. You come in to see what's happened. So yeah, <laughs> that's what gets me up. Um, yeah. that hit the gym or paddle and then get to work basically. But look at, I, um, I love podcasts. I, I love, uh, I don't like to read as much anymore, but geez, I love listening. Um, yeah. In fact, I think the world's going away from visual as well. I really think it's just gone to, to voice. I, I'd rather listen to a podcast than, than even watch a YouTube video. Um, these days. Definitely. Yeah. I would agree with that as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, so a, a couple more questions left. So uh, how many how many hours a day do you work and how do you structure those hours to maximize your productivity at work? Um, <laughs> that changes. So yeah. <laughs> I remember in the old days, they were bad. Um, look, my, I only do 80 hour days these days, but I because I just love the the social media, the marketing, I pretty much do that all the time, but I don't, yeah. I don't. I don't call that a job, though. Like I'm checking socials twenty four seven, to be honest, mm. um, in notifications and things. But because I love it, I love it. Yeah. I love interacting with customers and seeing what they're saying. If I don't understand that, then I don't know what ads to do, or or that's how I teach my sales guys. You know. Um, yeah. But mate, usually I'm not doing more than a forty hour week. Absolutely not. Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah, cool. Awesome. And uh, what tips, and we know you're good at this uh, from our last chat, but what tips and advice would you give for negotiation? What would you do to help the customer get over the line yep. uh, when you're negotiating and competing against other people? So, as you know, mate, I've spent the last 15 years doing nothing else but um, study emotional intelligence and how to read people's personalities, their faces, their, how they would use their eyes, their hands. Um, I'm really good at that stuff. So, once you you got to earn the right to ask for a deal. There's no doubt about that. You got you got to earn that right. But you got to build a relationship quickly with the customer. And if you haven't got the relationship with the customer, um, you can't negotiate. You're in a bad position. Um, you know, there's four or five different personalities out there. Really understand who they are, how they tick, um, and then how you maneuver that conversation through that person's personality, what they want to hear. Basically, you mirror them. If they're speaking fast, you speak fast. If they lean forward, you lean forward. If you lean back, lean back. Um, yeah, it's a psychology in itself. That is the number one skill that any Sparky out there can have: is emotional intelligence and how to read people. And I'm yeah. telling you, you'll saw us the Eskimos once you know how to do it. Yeah, so, yeah. But awesome. it's, emo it's emotional intelligence, mate. Do you have any books or recommendations of where people can learn more about that? I'll send you. Um, I've got. A, I've got a good little thirty minute. I'll send you a YouTube link right. to it. Cool. Yeah. I'll add yeah. that to our mastermind uh, group and yeah. underneath the podcast. It's how Sparky sell. I created it. I said how to how to how Sparky can sell by using emotional intelligence. Cool. Awesome. Sweet. Yeah. All right, John. Well, is there anything else you want to add and put out there in the industry before we finish up today? No, just to say, look, we, we all know that it's, it's hard out there. I mean, when, you, when you're in a small business, you think it's um, it's never good. There's no light at the end of the tunnel. I'm telling you, there it is. Um, don't be, don't just be an electrician. Be you got to have a niche in some sort of way. Find out what your superpower is. Find out what you love doing the most, and do it well. Knock it out of the park. If your yeah. niche is, you don't want to be the same electrician that's just installing smoke alarms and you know, and, and doing bloody safety switches. What's your business doing differently? Be, do it and be the best at it. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I can For say. For sure. Like we said, you've got to be the best. So don't go and compete with people that have been doing it for 10 years. Go and create something new. Be the yeah. best at it. Be bigger, sure. faster. Yeah, better, faster. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Thanks, no worries, John. Man. Thanks so much. We'll see you next time. And uh, no thanks so much for being a part of it. Bye. No worries, mate. See ya.